Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Hmm. Human Music Podcast. I like it. What's up, humans? How y'all doing today? This is the, um, uh, oh God, what's, guys, what's the title of the show? Bro, this why can Spanish you never remember? Donde esta la biblioteca? Secretly, I'm an alien, and this is the Human Music Podcast, so if I did remember, it would be perhaps blowing my cover. I don't know. I don't know. It's um, the Robot Mathematics Podcast, where we <laughs> pretend to be calculators. We... Well, you guys aren't. I'm. I'm. I might be, but uh, besides the point. Uh, we're we're gonna start the episode off hey, it's with from you to uh, a, a little bit of <laughs> just out of this world content from the gents over at Duck Sauce. Do you guys? Are you guys familiar? That sounds familiar. I've heard they of do such like YouTube things. poops, yeah. Dude, they did like Big Bad Wolf and stuff like back in the day. I haven't heard a lot from them lately. But a friend sent me this video not very long ago, and uh, just <laughs> feast your eyes on this, me boys.
right. Some noticeable or notable fucking incredible bits about that piece of content. A, the first thing that got me was the fact that all of the B-roll club shots still had like the fucking Shutterstock like overlay or like Pond 5 overlay or whatever. Like shamelessly ripped. Okay, so first of all, what was the fallout <laughs> from that? Like, did they not get called and like fucking sued or some shit? Like, how does that? I mean, if you what if you just buy the license, but then you're like, can I have the water tag? Version? Right. Like, is it like okay for them to like use the watermark? Because at that point, it's like free advertising. They like understand that if someone's going to use the one that they, in air quotes, tried. That it just like well, they look like an ass clown doing that, so we're fine with it. Like. Is that what happens? Like, what is the deal there? I mean, yeah, what is the deal there? What I don't know. Don't, so many what things. What was that? I don't know. I wouldn't, you know, get, you know, too far up an infinite loop of assholes, you know, trying and to I, figure that piece out. <laughs> it, uh, it got pretty brutal with the assholes at the end there. Like, it was, it was like mildly disturbing when you would travel <laughs> through the asshole and be in a new setting, but it was, a bit more disturbing when you stayed in the asshole and Vin Diesel or whoever was in the asshole and then you went in his asshole yeah. in the asshole. Asshole section. That was a little... Just seeing oh. the asshole walls was like... Also, their... Uh, quality concept. Their, their recap of like simulation theory and I was like, it's at a pace at which you could read and then all of a sudden it just like speeds up to a pace that you can't read. And obviously, in, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a researcher of this stuff. So when I saw that that was happening, I was like, someone, someone's typed this up for me somewhere. I didn't have to look that far. It was in the comments. But basically, it goes over the whole theory of how in 500 years, there's computers that will be powerful enough to run simulations of so many equations so quickly that we can run simultaneous simulations of the universe and the big bang theory up to the point that we are now and billions of possibilities and then we'd analyze the data right and so people are hypothesizing that we actually are one of those simulations that are running because you know we're we haven't caught up to the point at which computers could do that yet right but like that's 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 basically the gist of the theory but then they go on to expand upon the fact that it's pointless to worry about such things because a even if it is a simulation and you think we're going to get unplugged at some point you don't know when we'll be unplugged and you don't know when the simulation will end so to worry about you being in a simulation devalues the experience of your simulation anyways so why don't you just in, enjoy your simulation while while you're going through it which is and I mean, it's and it goes way more in depth than that, even. But like, I thought it was so fucking hilarious that there was a, a well-rounded commentary of psycho, like psychological aspects as relates to this complex crackpot theory, and they just stick that into this lowbrow, like hilarious music video that they made. Like, what? I love I the. Like can, yeah. I love the the layeredness of the simulation theory even yeah. before they start discussing it where they're like it's clearly a simulated club and then it gets you know breaks the fourth wall and gets meta by pulling back and showing them researching things on google 
deep into Wikipedia and then actually in Premiere cutting everything together. And yeah. so it shows them making the video and then it pulls out of that computer to another layer of the simulated thems from the simulation of them discussing whether or not they're in a simulation with none other than James Bond and the voice of God. I didn't even like, think about this. You're so right. Like they literally were explaining what's happening to them as if it's not and like hypothesizing about the fact that it's not, it's pointless to worry about being in a simulation in which the characters that are telling this story are in a simulation. Just like we discussed two seconds ago. <laughs> that is so good. Can someone... Simception. Someone needs to do a pull out of this episode right now into a, a non-simulated version <laughs> of what we're doing. And uh, then I could then I could finally know whether I'm in a simulation or not. Well, will I get to meet Morgan Freeman in this scenario? Possibly. He, the he simulation might be, is yours, my friend. He might also be DJ. Am I already Morgan Freeman? In a way, aren't we all already Morgan Freeman? No, no, we're not. Yeah. Moving on. Hey, speak for yourself. Uh, but also, it's worth noting that the term human music came from the simulation as well. That mm. is very true. You know, a Zigerian uh, simulation, to be precise. Yes. So if you're ever worried that you're being watched by the Zigerians, just remember, folks, just take off all your clothes and then discuss it with your, with your people. Can't bear to look at male genitalia. It's just icky for them. They just don't, they don't want to look at that. But do not, under any circumstances, let them get your recipe for concentrated dark matter. It's but unacceptable. If you, if you want to fuck them up, just hold a, a free concert for everyone that, in which you are going to rap about your new single called Concentrated Dark Matter and the recipe therein. And then when the crowd shows up, have them do a bunch of complicated, complex movements so that you can glitch the simulation and then you'll know for sure because then you can have a, the end of the simulation and i have a theory that the the rip kenny worldwide tour will break the simulation when, once this whole pandemic things out you know ideally yeah ideally, ideally. <laughs> i like how our reaction video to a video about a simulation became a delayed action reaction video to a tv show about a simulation that gave this podcast its name if we get any more meta we're gonna have to have dan Harmon <laughs> direct this whole thing and welcome to the show dan oh Harmon. and on that note Smash that like button so we can get Dan Harmon on yeah. the show and Dan, favorite the podcast. If yeah, Dan. Yeah, just tweet yeah. at Dan Harmon uh, to get him to come on our show. That will either result in Dan Harmon coming on the show or us getting shut down completely. Uh, and we're, we're willing to roll those dice. Um, guys, who's who's Dan Harmon? The one of the creators of Rick and Morty. Oh of the world <laughs> that's so funny because i always remember justin roland i forget who the other guy is i'm sorry dan dan i don't uh, now see now we're, he's not we're coming fucked. We're fucked. you should have smashed that like button hey which, which one of which one of them made which one of them made that other one that you guys like uh it was dan, solar opposites solar opposites no solar opposites dan, is dan made solar opposites no he did no, no. no justin roland did solar opposites Okay. Dan Harmon did Community and, and, I really and a bunch of other stuff. 
Justin mm. Rowland, Solar Opposites is average. Dan, you're clearly you're clearly the creative genius behind Rick and Morty, and I profusely apologize for only remembering your compatriot's name. Please don't shun me. Solar Opposites is awesome. Evan yes. is mistaken. Make sure to Amen. go support that so that we get 100 episodes. Oops. Soleropposites.com. You know what? Let's, and leave a comment how you liked it. Let's ask the audience here. <laughs> Do you guys think that Solar Opposites is approaching as good as Rick and Morty? Or is it watchable and Rick and Morty is all time? Yes. Let us know no. in the comments. And on also, that note, <laughs> I wanted to bring up... Um, I feel like there's almost a trend in like recent times where music has been getting, it, it kind of reminds me of the MySpace era of music, especially like with dance music and like metal and stuff like that back in the day. It was just very fun and heavy and used like sampled a lot of stuff that people could relate to and whatnot. It was just a very like light vibe. And I feel like people took that seriously for a long time and, and kind of made things stale for a bit, but we're kind of in this point in the last little while where things are getting a little more ignorant, a little more silly, but there's this like self-awareness aspect like interjected where it is a little meta and it is a little like, it, it's aware of what they're doing. And I, I feel like people have been gravitating towards that more lately because it, it's almost as if the threshold has been crossed for some of these things and like it gets a little cringy if if you keep pushing the the ignorant envelope or the funny envelope or whatever and you don't add that aspect to it but i think it also speaks to how we've consciously like developed as people with the internet a lot more people are coming together and like either like calling each other out on shit or getting into discussions about like more complicated topics and it's like we can get on here and talk about you know all sorts of stuff about music and life and and whatnot and simulation and, and you know ponder some of these these things but i i don't know if if people would have been as receptive to it like five years ago as much as what i'm saying and i and i like this trend of like self-awareness i feel like it's one step closer towards the path of us like quote unquote elevating in consciousness you could say but like you know just relating better as, as human beings yeah i was gonna like to that point i i feel like the 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 internet has created such an acceleration of the collective conscious of society like like on average, everyone has such a more well-rounded point of view on things. Like obviously there's still a lot of uninformed people or people that attach too much sense of self to uh, out-of-body things, politics, religion, you name it, literally everything people will fight and argue about because they attach it to them, their sense of self. But in general, like common, common sense and collective conscious, those words, mean like essentially on a whole society's average like like common sense like their average sense like and as you get more information like diluted and and or dispersed through the population like 
the the average sense goes up because people just know a little bit more about everything and i i do agree with you i like the i like the fact that people are starting to be more open to like you know seeing the bigger picture um do you think we'll ever see woke music you think that'll ever become as trendy as i have car i have bitch wait, wait, i have wait. money but macklemore macklemore already exists man Hey, shouts to Macklemore. Seattle love. Same love. All that. Hell yeah, he is. No hating that. There was no hate. Hey, man, I got (laughs) it. But he does make some some pretty woke music when it comes down to it. If if woke music... But when you think of Thrift Shop, that wasn't a woke song, and that was the one that blew him up. No, it is a woke song because he's he's breaking down consumerism and essentially putting value in the lowest tier of shop at which you can buy things. It is actually a sustainable source for clothing that people have already worn. That's a woke ass song right there. Shit, man. Um... <laughs> Andy told us that trying to get girls from a brand is a hella don't. Damn. True. All right, that's pretty fucking woke. Um... I've I've been thinking about this topic a bit though, because uh, there was an interview with Jay Cole where he was talking about, you know, pre uh, like quote unquote blowing up or whatever. For for anybody that remembers, you know, that kind of time it was around when he released that song "Work Out." There was an interview where he was talking about how he had all these songs with very deep lyrical content, and um, when he actually got signed and went to the label and stuff, they're like yeah this is cool but there's no like radio singles in here there's nothing that's going to get people to latch on to and he had to sort of quote unquote dumb it down i think it's a great song but like a lot of his fan base was very disappointed at the time found that very interesting talking about his track workout yeah which by the way fucking great Great song but then again he let nas down did he are you familiar? He he came out with a whole song on one of his subsequent albums called Let Nas Down. <laughs> oh man, okay. Well then that is the next song. Let's yeah. peep it. Yeah. But uh before we get into that, I'm curious to know about your guys' perspective when it comes to, you know, like we were just talking about woke music and do you do you see it becoming a thing and whatnot? Like I I feel that there's been almost like a trend with that in um, electronic music as well, where you'll get almost like the Mimi tracks, like Knife Party did, uh, what was it called? EDM. Uh, They had that one that was like EDM machine or whatever. And it like starts off with like the dubstep fake out drop. And then it goes into like a deep house tune or whatever. It's got that big room fucking dung dung. And then it's like, like record spin back. Ha ha ha. And then it goes into like an actual house tune. Totally. So I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, definitely in the last decade, we've seen a lot of artists had to, you know, quote unquote, like water their uh, style down or whatever to get something with that's a bit, you know, easier on the ears, a bit more like background music, easier to understand, whatever. But you see this like surge of artists coming out where they can be silly and they can be, you know, talk about whatever and and satirize like certain topics and stuff. And 
and interject just that one line or that one element of self-awareness that gets you like, you know, on board with the whole thing. You're like, okay, I see what you're going for. I fuck with you. Like you have a well-rounded perspective. I wonder though, is that going to be valued? And, and, and I'm bringing this up because a lot of listeners are younger and stuff, right? So as we raise this like collective consciousness, is that going to reflect in the younger generation? Or do you guys think we're going to have this trend of just non-woke ignorant music? Well, I think that that's like, it's unfortunate because you see that happen to a lot of your favorite artists. Like it's not, it's not uncommon to see your favorite artist as they're coming up, making some really edgy stuff. And then as they get bigger, the only way to grow their fan base, really to reach more people that want to listen to their stuff is to dive one more toe into like what people know, right? And then you just keep going down that path until you're Linkin Park making pop records with T-Pain or whoever. I could hear the pain in your voice. And also don't throw my man T-Pain under the bus like that. I don't know if it was T-Pain, but it it was. Smash the like button if you want to see T-Pain on the podcast. But like, I understand, I understand why it happens. Um, right. But I think that that is one of the reasons that like today's modern music economy is so amazing because artists ability to reach the niche audiences is, is so much bigger that you don't actually have to do the mainstream play to continue to put food on your table and continue to gain more fans. Like you can do the edgy thing and continue to be successful albeit maybe not you know pop singer level success but like i do think that in that way we will see that happen a little bit less because taking that risk nowadays pays off a bit more than it used to and also as far as like you know your favorite artist making something edgy and then it kind of falling flat like i think that's always going to happen and i always respect artists that are willing to take that you know that that route down something that is like truly them even if i don't like it but when it when it comes to like getting just more commercialized like that's when you know all all the heady people are like come on man why are you doing that you know so i I know i think i think overall it'll move forward it's interesting because i used to be the kid with the backpack hating on all my favorite artists that then did something way bigger and you know maybe i felt like watered down the sound or dumbed it down or whatever but as an adult like i mean a i understand a lot more now that you know i pay my own bills and understand that this is their job in music and they need to make sure it keeps making money (laughs) and then also like i i've just come to appreciate like that polished pop sound and the big collabs with the legendary artists like i get it and i like it more than i used to so it's interesting you know figuring out where that balance is because you can't please everybody with anything you do like you can either keep pleasing your thousand true fans or make the play for those million fans. And sometimes, you know, some of those thousand true fans will fall off and you'll, and you'll have to pick up different people along the way. And, you know, that's a, that's a call each artist got to make for themselves. But, uh, last note, just while we're on this topic, I, uh, I agree with you, Luke. And, and I felt the same way for a long time where it's like, you feel like artists are selling out or dumbing down their sound because it's like, quote unquote more pop or more commercial whatever and sometimes yeah you just feel that it's void of emotion and and genuineness but 
I find it funny how like people will go to the theaters and see the same Avengers movie with the same fucking plot structure. I can't fucking go, stand Avengers no, movies. I can't either. But oh like, I like all of right? them. And and, and <laughs> you weren't sitting there like this sucks. It's the same three point arc in every movie. I just watched one with the three point arc. Like, but people will listen to like pop music and be like, "This is fucking shit," and then go watch Spider Man. So I always found that hilarious because, like, pop music really, as we were talking about, where it's like human co- consciousness is like the collective average of everybody coming together. Pop music is just the collection of attributes within music that resonate with the most people. And why wouldn't you want the most refined form of communication through music with people? So for anybody that's writing it off, like, go in and study pop. It will greatly benefit you. True. There, there, And to be fair, there are some really forward-thinking pop records out there. Um, And also, if you want to expand your, your, view of what pop is like there's also even more forward-thinking record like you could say like billy eilish like for all intents and purposes is you know pop leaning anti-pop or whatever whatever. that's those are some good ass tunes man i don't care who you are um but it's so (laughs) funny that you bring up the avengers uh like the i don't know metaphors the similarities there Mm -hmm. it's so it's so accurate too because like for instance my girl shell she's pretty heady when it comes to what she likes in film and like a lot of underground darker twists and stuff Uh, like i respect her taste in like film she loves avengers movies though and i'm like why do you what and she's like it's a giant blockbuster film with a huge budget the production's out of this world and i know what i'm gonna get it's gonna be exciting and entertaining i know i'm i know i'm not gonna be like this was terrible. It's going to, I know what, I know what I'm expecting and it's going to be really high production value. This is so similar to pop music. Like mm-hmm. I know the production value is going to be high. I know there is a bunch of money spent on mixing and mastering and hiring all the right people for this. I know that it's not going to suck. I know that it's going to be something that I can contextualize and probably enjoy. So they're actually like thinking about it in that way. Like there is, the, I, I would say, say that's like the value in that music is that like you can reliably listen to that and know you're not going to get a total turd unless you're really heady and then every pop music song is a total turd so i mean you just like get to a point where you know i think there's i think there's a value that goes beyond that to the value of common experience like Mm -hmm. You know, you may or may not love the song Thrift Shop from Macklemore, but everybody in the world knows the song Thrift Shop from Macklemore. So whether you want to like just yell, oh, I want to pop some tags as a joke and everybody's like, ah, I know what that's from. Or if you want to clown on it and make a joke about it in a comedy set, everybody knows who that is. And and there's this there's a lot of value, I think, in having that shared that shared aspect of culture on a huge global scale because it's connective. You know, whether it doesn't matter if you, you know, love football or hate football, you know about football. It doesn't matter if you care about celebrating Christmas, you know what it is. And like, there's these things that do tie the whole narrative together, which is necessary if we're going to keep convincing people that this is not a simulation. (laughs) You're right, um, Everyone keep their pants on. Shout out to what uh, Ill Gates said too. Like, 
it really resonated with me. And I, and I know we've talked about it before. I'm sure it stuck with you guys as well, but you cannot think outside of the box unless you define a box for yourself. If you're mm-hmm. trying to write underground music, you need to know the ins and outs of pop. You need to know what that box looks like, how tall it is, how wide it is, how it looks like from every angle for you to then break out of that and do the opposite or tap into it selectively. Because like you said, Luke, like everybody resonates with that. And, and unless you're making like noise music or something very abstract that isn't meant to be very digestible, you, you will likely want to contrast digestible and non-digestible underground and pop and, and pull from these elements. So, you know, I just encourage everybody, like I spent quite a few years, like really shitting on it and hating on it. And when I really started to, to study pop and, and see what these artists are doing and why these things work, you know, it really changed my writing process, whether I was making dubstep or hip hop or metal or whatever you know, from, from more accessible to less accessible really benefited me. And I also really want to um, recommend the book, The Addiction Formula by uh, Friedman Findison, I believe. I'm sorry if I butcher your name. My boy I'm Friedman. On the podcast. I love my boy Friedman. And uh, also uh, hook me up with an affiliate link because I've probably sold a hundred of these books. But uh, I seriously That's recommend it so strongly, man. I'll pull it out right here. It's on my don't, bookshelf. Don't. Don't. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that would be a good way to break the simulation. Pull don't it out right here. Tubing, man, don't pull a tube in right now. Yeah, bro. Don't get us kicked <laughs> off of YouTube. We're just getting started. The addiction formula. Friedman Findison. And he's also got a amazing YouTube channel called Holistic Songwriting. But if you are struggling with anything arrangement or mixing or building energy in your songs, this is the first place I would redirect people to. So yeah, um, you actually do need an affiliate link for that shit because I bought a copy of that book. Now that I see the cover again, I remember it. It's a quick read. I, I blew it through it, um, but it definitely is like a good overview of like, how the energy in the song progresses and like how to think about structure as it relates to like the more macro concepts, energy, like, um, like listenability, re- replayability. Like how do you get, how do you get people to like, like click listen on your track again? Mm-hmm. And I think too, like that point, and this is the last thing I just want to say before we get into this is, is that section on arrangement, where he relates that three-point arc of, of story to, like, let's say your typical, like, high-budget blockbuster film, like The Avengers or whatever. When you know that structure, you could just zoom it out one more level into the macro and now have a pattern of that structure, and you can make a 20-minute song and keep it interesting because you understand the flow of energy. And it's all based off of that three-minute pop tune. That is the most condensed version of what resonates to human beings. And if if you're hating on pop, you're missing out on learning how to pace your music properly. There, so there's a, pick there's up a, the addiction formula. Yes. There's a funny anecdote related to this that ties a bow on this a little bit, maybe, uh, that I couldn't help but interject here. So what's his, what's his YouTube channel called again? 
holistic songwriting. Holistic songwriting. This guy is a genius when it comes to breaking down artists and what they're doing and how they sound like, how they sound. And basically, like anyone from System of a Down to Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Park to Rage Against the Machine, he will, he will break down their sound to the point where you're like, okay, I could go pick up my guitar and try and do similar things. And, you know, uh, basically, he's got some really, really insightful ideas on how to make good creative music. And he's a producer himself. And his wife wanted to give pop music a try. I think it's his wife wanted to give pop music a try. And this this guy's like one of the most well spoken, intelligent, well rounded, heady music people that I know. And he produced a pop song for her to sing on. And it's less <laughs> it's um, uh, for someone who doesn't like pop already this. For, for someone who doesn't like pop already, it was less than I expected. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> coming, coming full circle with the fact that uh, pop, even though it's simple, is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, for real, like, it is really hard to make a simple song that is that catchy and good. Um, so there is a there is a lot of value in in really good pop music just in that being able to distill a song down to as little elements as you need that are as catchy and interesting as possible Man. the shape of you just popped into my head ed sheeran Amazing. like do 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 it's so simple just a little reggaeton bop like three instruments total and right. one huge pop star Boom. If you would have asked me a year ago to, or no, maybe like two years ago or whatever, whatever, two, three years ago, I would have been like, oh, bro, I make dubstep. Like, that's just so hard. I could make pop, no problem. And then I tried doing it. I was sent beats to people and be like, the fuck's this? Why is there so much going on? What are, what are you trying to do here? Why are you doing all the things? Where am I supposed to fit? What's the point? What's going, what is the message you're trying to get across? And it wasn't until I started leaning towards minimalism that my writing really improved. Just because you know how to fucking assign every assignable macro within serum and hey, don't at me. Patches. <laughs> don't at me, motherfucker. You feel attacked right now, <laughs> don't you? Do. Hey, if the shoe fits, strap that bitch I up. Know, I know I'm done with the patch when I run out of assignable slots. <laughs> All right, folks, I guess there's two kinds of people. So take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) People who run out of patches and serum and people who say, what's serum? Yes. You want to pull up that video, Luke? Oh, yeah, it's cute. So to circle back around to fucking 20 minutes ago, uh, (laughs) when when we brought this up, J. Cole was at that point where he was like, an underground rapper getting a lot of success as an underground rapper had really cool topics, really, you know, really a lot of, you know, more woke type of shit going on in his lyrical content and, and amassing like a really good organic fan base, well-marketed to this fan base, uh, getting on a lot of blogs, you know, this is still deep and heavy in the blog era, like 2010 through 2012. And um, he ended up getting signed to Rockefeller records with Jay-Z and he had this album that they were getting ready to put out, but the label just kept telling him like, nah, we need that one single that we can really push to radio. 
he'll tell the story and I got the lyric video. So anybody watching on YouTube can follow along with the lyrics, make it a little easier. But basically, you know, they made him put out the song and Nas had previously said that he's like, oh, this is, you're the one J. Cole, like you're the, you know, you're the shit. I love you. And that's his hero. And then he finds out through the grapevine that Nas does not like the hit single he worked so hard to put together for the label and that he let Nas down. And this is his thoughts about it. And by the way, I, I love that you guys are getting to hear this probably for the first time uh, because I listen to this all the fucking time because it's actually like one of my wake up alarms <laughs> on my phone. Like I got a few songs that, that I bump and a few of them are J. Cole just because I happen to have this uh, entire album, Born Sinner, uh, on, <laughs> on my phone. But here Run we top. go. Let Nas down. <laughs> Freedom of jail, clips inserted, a baby's being born, same time a man is murdered, the beginning and end, as far as rap go, it's only natural, I explain my plateau, and also, what defines my name, yeah, long live the idols, may they never be your rivals, pop was like Jesus, Nas wrote the Bible, now what you about to hear is a tale of glory sin. No, I be my mentor, and I let the story begin, I used to print out Nas raps and tape them up on my wall, my niggas thought they was words, but it was pictures I saw, and since I wanted to draw, I used to read them and all. Then he dropped Steelmatic, rock the cleaners for law. Fast forward, who'd have thought that I would meet him on tour? I'm earning stripes now, nigga, got Adidas galore. Backstage, I shook his hand, let him know that he's the man. When he said he was a fan, it was too hard to understand. No time to soak up the moment, though, cause I was in the jam. Hope asking, where's the record that the radio could play? And I was striking out for months, knife in and feeling fear. Jeter under pressure, made the biggest hit of my career. But at first, that wasn't clear. Niggas had no idea. Dion called me when the drop sounded sad but sincere. Told me Nas heard your single when he hate that shit. Said you the one, yo, why you make that shit? I can't believe I let Nas down. Damn, my heart sunk in my stomach, I can't believe I let Nas down I got defensive on the phone, resentment was in my tone Fuck it, long live the idols, may they never be your rivals Pop was like Jesus, Nas wrote the Bible Now what you about to hear is a tell of glory and sin No ID my mentor and I let the story begin I couldn't help but think that maybe I had made a mistake I mean you made you owe me dog. I thought that you could relate But while I shot up the charts you mean telling me that I was not up to par when I followed my heart? Granted, my heart was tainted by my mind and kept on saying, where's the hits? You ain't got none. You know Jay will never put your album out without none. And dog, you know how come labels are archaic, formulaic with their outcomes. Huh? They don't know, they just study the charts. Me, I study the shows, the fans, study their hearts. I had a feeling I was killing in this music we was spilling out. We changed lives forever, fuck the label, put it out. Friday Night Lights, blue, that was classic number two. Now it seemed as if the Nas comparisons was coming true. Still no release date from the label, are they insane? Gooch told me play the game to change the game, but on the way I let Nas down. Damn, I got no one to blame, I'm ashamed I let Nas down. But this is God's plan, you can never understand Fuck it, long live the idols, may they never be your rivals Pop was like Jesus, Nas wrote the Bible Now what you about to hear is a tell of glory and sin No ID my mentor and I let the story begin I always believed in a bigger picture If I can get them niggas to listen outside my car Then I can open the door, reintroduce them to honesty Show them that they need more The difference between the pretenders and the Kendrick Lamars And so I took the fall 
Like the son of the Lord on the cross Dying for that fake shit you niggas bought For the past decade If I should pass, please let this be my last essay Before I write from the heart Apologies to OGs for sacrificing my art But I'm here for a greater purpose I knew right from the start I'm just a man of the people Not above but equal And for the greater good I walk amongst the evil Don't cry mama, it's the life I choose myself just pray along the way that I don't lose myself This is for the nigga that said that hip-hop was dead I went to hell to resurrect it How could you fail to respect it? Let eyes down I got the phone call quietly I'm on, dog. I let Nas down Yeah And on this flight, may I never lose sight Fuck it Long live the idols May they never be your rivals Pop was like Jesus Nas wrote the Bible Now what you just heard to tell a glorious sin no ID, my mentor, and I let the story begin, begin. Let the story begin. Yep. Let Nas down. Dude, I love it. It was kind of a complicated flow over that beat, too. Like, it didn't, like, when I first heard the beat and I heard his lyrics come in, I was like, it's going to be kind of hard to pick your spots through this thing because it wasn't like your standard. Like he did such a good job, like storytelling with a very palatable flow, like, and not just like hitting like the standard spots of like where your rhymes hit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great. It's interesting to note that somebody at that caliber had to dumb his shit down, even though we all agree that is an amazing track. It's structured well, lyrically, it hits right. The rhymes are on point, none of them are too predictable. And, and, and somebody at that level who's arguably mastered their craft, I'm sure he feels like he's got ways to go, as we all do. But, you know, from an outsider perspective, he definitely knows what he's doing. And even then, people are like, nah, people just ain't going to fuck with it. That's why I was asking you guys about the point earlier. Do you think we'll ever get, think we'll ever get to a point where we appreciate that level of music? But, you know... At our age, like, and we're, we're a range of ages, but, like, we ain't teenagers. And, and when you come home from a, a long day of work or you're thinking about this all day or you're doing that, you don't always want to hear that crazy, like, thought-provoking shit. Yeah, like, I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I liken it as you get older. There's, I don't know if y'all watch the show Insecure, but there's a moment where one of the main characters is a music producer and he's uh, playing beats in his studio and his niece is over. And he's playing these beats that are like these really well put together hip hop beats, you know, something kind of in the vein of what we just listened to on this track. And his niece is like, you know, your beats, like they make me think and all, but it's like, why though? Sometimes I just want to get ratchet. Sometimes and you just got a bump. Wow, that's literally sums it up. Exactly. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. It's got a bounce. I want to shake my ass, and that's all there is to it. I didn't come out on Friday night and drink to think. Literally the opposite. And so, like, will there be a the woke music revolution, or b will we stick on a trend of you know shake your booty type music and don't think? Neither. I think that there's a time for each and there's always been a balance of both. There's some amazing songs that are dumb as hell and some amazing songs that are smart as hell. 
and a whole bunch of songs that kind of fall in the middle. But be intentional. What are you trying to do with this record that you're about to produce? Are you about to get in there or write? Are you about to get in there and make a record that is straight up ratchet for the dance work? Turn down for what? Because that is an incredible track with an incredible video, incredible feature, incredible production. Zero thought required. Mm-hmm. Or Do you, you ever know, see a song like that J. Cole tune? Something of that level becoming a, I mean, obviously this is hypothetical, anything could happen, but do you ever see a point where it's not that unreasonable for a record label to be like, nah, that's a fucking banger, let's get that on radio, or do you think the push will always be towards like, uh, shave off a few brain cells there? There There is one song that comes to mind in that vein that I have ever heard like, widespread radio success you, remember, you guys remember stand by eminem yeah mm. it's like it's pretty heady it's talking about like a fan who's got mental health issues and he's like writing them letters and stuff like um that that song is not in any way like your fucking standard rap jam it's yeah, like that's it's not deep. i'm sim shady the real slim shady yeah exactly which was uh, another one of those songs that got tacked on to an album at the last minute to make the label happy enough to put out the it. album. Yes. Yeah, that's a banger, man. It is. Uh, they chose and right with Eminem that one. fucking hated that song. They <laughs> wrote it and recorded it in something like 11 hours or 13 hours in the studio. And we're like, yo, this is pretty good. Play it again. It's all right. Play it again. I fucking hate it. Label loves it. Fuck it. Put the album out. and. And he's like, okay, that the label loved it. My fans loved it. That's my new formula, making a one annoying pop rap song per record that <laughs> that will get all the airplay and drive sales to what I was actually trying to say. Yeah. yeah. But I think as we were talking about earlier, like the collective conscious moving forward, I think that the, the solace to me is that with everyone's unfiltered access to everything nowadays, more people are catching on to what the status quo is quicker contextualizing all of that music quicker because to be fair you can lump most of it together and and context like if you understand some of like most of pop music like you're not going to find a whole lot of stuff that like really escapes that formula and so people are like looking to find stuff outside of the norm that grabs their attention so i do think that as a whole that being said like those types of records have a greater percentage chance of breaking out nowadays than they ever did um and then also like the moving goalposts of what's breaking out like it used to be like if you didn't sell a million copies of physical copies of that single it wasn't really a success but now that's changed you know like a million streams is arguably a lot easier to achieve and granted you've got less monetary strength but you know there's a, a a good chance that you've got less hands in that you know, less hands in the cookie jar too, especially if you're a, an independent artist doing numbers like that. Yeah. And like you were talking about, like you need to know like what you're making this record for. Like, are you making a song for people to go out and drink and dance to at a top 40 club? Like that's a certain type of record. Or are you making the headiest thing that you could ever make? Or are you making music to be broke? <laughs> exactly. But regardless, 
like we've talked about on this show before, I think more important than anything, you have to love it first. It has to be authentic to you. And then you can take that energy and that passion to create all of the stuff that you're loving. And then like Eminem or like J. Cole, like if you have the talent, you can you can do the one record that it takes to get everyone happy and then also still insert all of your passion project music music into that project right but it starts with absolutely loving the thing that you're doing right like it it would be really tough for me to write a bunch of like i don't don't, top 40 like club music like i just don't I don't love that, you know, like, and you have, you have to love it to be like, to be prolific enough to, to be like, be a success. You know, you have to love it to be able to withstand the amount of time it takes to get there. Yeah. Do what you love. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be whack if you're not engaged. You don't just be like, Oh, I heard there's money in pop music. So I guess I'll do that on the side. Like, I, I don't know about that, man. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of people there's a lot of amazing people that come together on super teams and put together these hits that you for some reason think are super easy to bang out (laughs) yeah there's a lot of people on those teams there's a a lot of competition yeah yeah but it's like every part of that process like it's multiple producers multiple lyric writers multiple people helping write vocal melodies multiple people mixing mastering doing all that shit multiple people doing qa like y'all ever looked at the credits for a justin bieber record (laughs) yeah yeah that list is hundreds of people long and and people will like clown on that like when a Grammy season comes around, I remember there was that whole thing between like, which is album of the year, whatever year at the Grammys was like, is it going to be Beyonce or is it going to be Beck? And people were like, oh, this Beyonce song took seven people to write, but Beck did it all by himself. So clearly that's better. And to me, it's like, fuck that. I like the Beyonce songs way better personally. If you like the Beck songs better, that's also valid. But just because one was a team effort and one was a solo effort does not make a qualitative judgment about either of these things. Like you get like, would like, is it better to be the, the one MVP player on a shitty team? Like, Oh yeah. So-and-so was great this year. He's the MVP of the team. His team sucked and went Oh, and 16, but you know, they, he he killed it. He, he led really, that shit. <laughs> he really threw the shit out of the ball to nobody. Like, yeah, man, that's another thing too. Like we talked about last time was working with people and finding people that are trying to do the same thing you're doing. Hop on some Zoom calls. Hop on Google Hangouts. Whatever you got to do, get to know people that are passionate about the same thing you're passionate about, and get their opinion, get their help. If you're trying to write dubstep, if you're trying to write house, whatever, find two friends that also love to do that shit and hop on Zoom regularly and show each other your shit. Start a a collab folder or start even just like a project folder where you could like give them your project and maybe they'll learn something from it. Maybe they'll do something in your project, send it back to you. You're going to learn that one thing that you're going to push hard for the next 
three, four, five months that's really going to define your style or whatever. But like, if you're writing ass music and you got no followers, don't be the MVP player in the shit team. Like, if anything, stop focusing on your own project for two, three months and just ask your friends, hey, what are you up to? How can I help you? Is there something you're sitting on that you're stuck on that I could like just help you nudge it forward a bit more? Like try and be that extra writer in the room for somebody else. If you don't, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're playing solo on the shittiest team in the league and you're taking pride in that because you did everything by yourself. I made every serum patch and I made every sample. It's like, yeah, they're kind of fucking whack and they all come together to make a duct tape together piece of shit that nobody's going to listen to. (laughs) Yeah, my best songs have you guys on the sound design. Go team. It's it's always a team effort. Uh, It is, man. It really is. Honestly, one like, and if you're stuck, like one of my favorite things is like if I have friends over that don't give a fuck about music or have no concept of how the production process works at all, but like it would be fun to like put some shitty raps down and make a beat and then like make a song in a couple hours. Like that is a fun experience. A, because I'm not second guessing anything I'm doing. I'm like, here's the beat. Here's another sound. Here's another sound. Okay, write write a verse that's this long. And we're just shitting around having a good time. And at the end of two hours, we have a a song that's done. You know, like, that's never going to see the light of day. But that, like, you know, they'll play in, like, we play in the car later as, like, an inside joke for ourselves. Like, that process is really creatively liberating. Because I'm no longer sitting here, like, what is the magnum opus of representation that I can put into this song that's exactly me and that's also (laughs) new and edgy and that's also really high production value. That shit is creatively and mentally taxing. Yeah. Just sit down and make a song for shits with your friends. It, it, it's like all of the weight coming off your shoulders and you're like, Oh wait, I do know what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. The song you make sucks. Like, it doesn't matter. You did something else to break your brain out of that creative rut. Especially when they throw, like, some, like, different shit at you. Yes, they will ask you to do shit. You, they will, your friends will ask you to do shit that you're like, no, you can't do that. And then you sit and you're like, oh, yeah, you can. Wait, I might, hold on, let me try something. And then, like, you literally will, like, do something you never would have had a concept to do just because like having that outside perspective that doesn't know the set of tools that that doesn't know what you should or shouldn't do or what you can or cannot do they're going to come up with stuff that is way different than how your brain would ever think about it yes yeah, so yeah. unrestricted so yeah to sum that up like take your craft seriously but don't take yourself so seriously that's something i wish i had done more of coming up honestly like i had you know, I have homies that are still my good homies that like would want to like, oh, hey, I'm over. Let's fuck around and make some goofy shit. Let me like freestyle and then we can try and turn it into a song. And and I'd be like, nah, I got to work on this serious track. That serious track never even fucking came out. And it wasn't good in the first place. I was just so caught up in being serious Luke about his production and rapping that that I pass up the opportunity to make amazing memories with my friends. And yeah. oops, my bad guys, if you're listening... <laughs> Sorry, man. Think about this too. Like we hang out with producers 
all the goddamn time. And when we you do. show them, yeah, and, and, and our audience, right? It's like, if, if you've been in it for a bit, like you have some friends that are producers and generally you're showing them your stuff. And to your producer friend, it's just one out of a gazillion tracks. But you show your quote unquote normie friends or whatever, right? Like that, that whatever ignorant tune that you did to that beat, whatever here and there, they're going to be so stoked about it. They're going to be sharing it with everybody. They're going to show it to this person, that person. Maybe that person's like, oh, holy shit, I have a friend that does music. Like I've met so many music people through, through doing music with friends that don't do music. And then they're like, oh, I have to show my other music friend what the fuck I did. And the then you I end up getting in contact with, with somebody else that you can make that quote unquote serious music with if, if you really want to, you know? Yeah, man, that's lit. Yeah. Yeah, don't miss out on that, man. Have some fun with it. And another way to honestly, like, I want to throw this out there as, as three folks that have all done a lot of feedback, we can all attest. I'm sure you guys will back me up on this. If you've got other music friends and they're working on something, attempt giving them constructive criticism. Like ask if they're okay with receiving it first, for sure. But the more you do that and like break down other people's songs that you're not attached to critically, you are actually going to be better able to break down your own songs and find out where you can improve them. Uh, like given, given other people track feedback always continuously makes me a better producer because it makes me a better listener. Amen to that. I don't know if there's a better way to leave it off, boys. You got anything else you want to? <laughs> I got peace I among us? worlds, humans. <laughs> I was going to say, should I ride us out with one of these inside joke songs? I just realized I have one in the Hell yeah. Oh, shit, son. Run it up. Uh, this one won't, won't even give us a copyright strike. <laughs> no, it won't. It definitely won't. All right, here's, here's to make music with your friends for fun. Hey, hey, what, bro? I don't quite get understanding what you're saying right now, bro. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, 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 man's on the road. 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 Yeah, man's on the road. Man's on the road. Man's on the road. Everything is fake today, close the rise and point away. Get it all bad, I'm just like my dad Because I never couldn't find a way I type up so much shit today You deserve some points, man You should be your best friend Only living in a band You ain't got it at the bad Yeah, 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 man's on the road Man doesn't know Man Man's on the road. Man's on the road. Man's on the road. Man's on the road.
understanding what you're saying right now, Ralph. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Tell me what is progress. Is this what, what you call that? The wages don't get increased. Your life is just a repeat. Face it, we just regress. Which is what I call this. Take the power back. I've got it on my map. Yeah, 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 I forgot to mention Bruh. all of that in a bit. I really love that. <laughs> Yo, I like high key want you to send me the stems to that. I got my rapper homie Scatter Scatter in the UK yeah. that I could hear fucking smashing on that, bro. Yeah. Right. You gotta uh, tell room. me and the people. Man doesn't know. What the fuck is that bass that you alternate with the 808? Uh, it's just a serum patch I made literally on the spot. What the fuck? All right, so when you bounce out stems to Luke, you're going to send me that patch. Okay. <laughs> and this is how you write better music, people. Yeah, exactly. Together with your homies, and uh, you take their... An- another man's shitty beat is another man's hit. <laughs> yep, and then rap over it in a shitty British accent. That's, there it is. Dude, that was fire as fuck. <laughs> I love that beat. Uh, well, then. Uh, peace among worlds, friends. Yeah. I don't know if we could leave it on a better point than that. Point for I mean, me. You gotta you gotta get on the road, man's. <laughs> yeah, man's on the road. Yeah, like that's lit. Uh I wanna I wanna finish that song. <laughs> okay, I'll send you the stems, man. This yeah. is it. Bro, that hook too, man. Your friend wrote that? No, I wrote I wrote, wrote the hook and he did the verses. Okay, sick, man. Yeah. It was just but like literally like like okay, Luke. Prime Tastic. Loop, loop the beat and just start saying shit. And then you're like, oh, that might work. And then you just say it a few more times. And then there it is. Amazing. And man, just like mud pieing and all the stuff we talk about, like people are going to look at this as if it's a different process, like saying shit into a mic and then splicing it together. And like there, I feel like there's this like ego about sound design as if it's anything different than literally yelling man's on the road into a mic and being like, oh, that's cool. Let me roll with that. Yeah, exactly. Woo! Have fun, peeps. Write some human music and peace among all simulations. That's peace a wrap, among folks. the worlds. I like it. What's up, humans? Thank you so much for listening to the Human Music Podcast. We truly appreciate you. In fact, we made you a gift. Click on the link in the episode description to get our new sample pack for free. It has some of our favorite basses, FX, percussions, and Foley sounds to instantly level up your productions. As always, remember to rate and subscribe, and we'll get back at you with a new episode every Tuesday. Peace, and peace among worlds.